0: If you show up for your team members, it builds their confidence, builds their trust, and in theory, should make them feel more comfortable in holding themselves accountable to, um, to a decision they've made. One. Welcome to the Emotional Intelligence Podcast, a podcast where we explore the intersection of emotional intelligence and leadership. And whether you're a seasoned executive or just starting out in your leadership journey, we're going to share practical tips, inspiring stories, and expert insights to help you develop your emotional intelligence and achieve your goals. So sit back, relax, and get ready to take your leadership skills to the next level. I'm a smile, And I'm Samir. Hey, Samir. How's it going? Good, good. How about yourself? Awesome. Doing well, thanks. So Samir, today we're going to talk about one of the topics uh, that we're going to be doing in a series. And the series is about what makes good leaders and good managers. And one of those topics specifically within that series is uh, why good leaders are fiercely loyal to their employees.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a beneficial
0: skill. I think underrated as we've discussed before. I mean, what are some of the reasons why, like, why do you think specifically they're underrated?
1: Well, I mean, when you pick up a leadership book, a lot of times they talk about, you know, uh, building trust, influencing your team, uh, explaining why things are important so that they understand, you know, the larger framework at play. But I think when you talk to a subordinate or if you talk to somebody who's worked under a leader and you say, hey, tell me about the best leader you've ever worked for. And oftentimes, the story that you hear in return is about a time when their leader has been fiercely loyal to them, and I think that's like one of the things that people don't forget. It's when a leader sticks her neck out for them or takes the heat for them, or uh you know the situation where they uh where, you know, the, the leader could have very easily came down on them, but they decided not to in that very kind of critical moment.
0: Essentially, it's like they, they defended them when they didn't necessarily need to, but they did it on principle. Correct. Right? They, um, you know, the whole notion of having someone's back through thick or thin, all of this stuff. Um, I agree. I mean, some of my, even my, I think some of the greatest stories are when someone doesn't expect their leader or someone to do it. But they just come out of left field, being like, you know, fighting for them tooth and nails. I love that. Like to me, that is such a great opportunity for some of the things that come out of it, right? Which is, and you mentioned a big one is building trust. If you have your if you have your team members back, they know that it's not like they're it gives them you know open it's not open season for them to just do whatever they want, but they know that if something should go wrong they feel comfortable or they trust their manager enough to be able to cover for them. And it goes vice versa in the sense that also if you have a manager, you have that trust through things like being fiercely loyal. If a manager says, hey, maybe we don't do this, maybe we do it a different way, um, the subordinate or the direct report kind of goes with the flow because they trust that it's in their best interest. So Samir, I have a question for you. Okay. Uh, I have two questions for you. My first question is, why do you think uh, being fiercely loyal to your employees is important?
1: For me personally, I think I realized why being fiercely loyal is important when my leader was not loyal to me. And there was a situation, I would say, early on in my career when uh, I was being attacked by a other group of stakeholders that, you know, I wasn't part of that organization, but they were an internal group. And they came to my boss and they said, hey, you know, Samir missed this big thing. Why didn't he tell us about this? And I'm standing right there and my boss just froze. And then he looked at me and he said, yeah, Samir, why didn't you look into that? And I've no ne- I'll never forget like how little I felt in that moment, oh my God, you know, yeah. like how I uh, powerless I felt in that moment, how under duress I felt in that moment when my boss just turned to me and said that. And I remember that day, my respect for that leader was just diminished, annihilated, you can say, never to return again because of that single moment when they, instead of standing there and taking the heat for me from a vice president of another department, my boss just basically opened the floodgates for that vice president to attack me personally And so, you know, some of the most damaging moments in somebody's career, a lot of times, or the moments that can make or break somebody are these like, you know, these pivotal moments, right? Like when, uh, and I remember that situation was one where I was like, oh man, like this feeling sucks. I don't ever want to feel like this or make anyone else
0: feel like this. I was going to ask you that. Did did you, do you think you codified in your brain, okay, future self, I'm never going to do this again? Or did it, like, did it, I don't think it registered,
1: I don't think it registered directly in that moment because I was just too uh, upset and thinking about myself. But then there was a situation later on when um, I was sitting in a client meeting and uh, the client was, saying something to one of my subordinates in the meeting. And uh, that was attacky. tacky, I would say. And I didn't step in, I didn't step in and, and kind of take the heat. Instead. I kind of like, I was confused about the situation. I don't think I fully understood it. I was a new, I was new at the company at the time. And I didn't really understand all the dynamics at play, but I didn't step in on behalf of my, um on behalf of my project manager. And I remember the result of that was my project manager and I was, in, I was new at the company, like being really upset about that. And and then it clicked to me, like clicked on me that like, okay, this is what leaders need to do. It's, this is why leaders are more like they're high stakes. It's a high stake. It's a high stakes game, you know, when you're a leader, because you have to be able to step in, in those critical moments. And do something and say something, be that buffer, be loyal to your person, even if that means you have to sometimes tell the customer something they don't want to hear.
0: You know, I mean, the other thing also, I feel like as my career grew, doing that stuff, meaning stepping stepping in and, and stepping up for standing up for your team is not a hard thing to do it's not it really i feel like at the end of the day it comes down to an ego pride thing like oh i can't be wrong so you shift blame or something like that right and whereas the return, return is, is
1: huge you know oh, the return huge. is huge yes. yes that's the thing i mean
0: the the, the 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 you talked about how you lost respect for your manager one of the key things that being fiercely loyal does is it call, makes mutual respect it's mutual respect it's not one way or the other it is because it also builds their confidence right when you when you know and people are going to make mistakes. Do they do it? You have to look at the intent. They're not going to be. They don't. Don't do it maliciously, right? But also, I don't think there's anything wrong with your leader standing up for you in front of in public, but then you know behind closed doors, asking the right question the right way, which was like, okay, what happened here, and what are we going to do differently? There's nothing wrong with that.
1: Exactly. There's a there's a public kind of conversation and narrative, and then there's that that private narrative, and. The private conversation also needs to happen. Like, that's a huge part of it, but that that part can happen privately in a way that's much less damaging. If you have the private conversation publicly, it could destroy trust forever.
0: Initially, it said I had two questions. So I asked you the question about uh, why. It- why it's important to be a fiercely loyal. I'm also curious what your opinion or thoughts are on why people aren't why are managers aren't loyal? What makes them not loyal? What are just we'll say one or two examples or thoughts that you have. Yeah, sure. I
1: you know, it's first of all, I think there is a a nature component like a, an individual's nature like some people are just not confrontational they're not good in situations where there's uh where there's stress they're not they don't have that mentality of protecting their team like they're you know they're more just like hey like in it for themselves a little bit like i just need to come out looking good in this situation But then I've seen leaders who are, you know, mama bears, like they protect their team. They're like a human shield that like stops anyone from messing with their teams. And, uh, that I also feel like that comes a little bit from that individual's nature because they're probably the same way with their family. They're probably the same way with their friends. They're probably, you know, it's, you can tell who's inherently, uh, loyal and and loyal and uh to their to their teams and who's kind of doing it uh more just like intentionally you know what i'm saying so um but yeah but i think my main thought on that is it's just fear of being judged fear of standing up and having a spine in certain moments where, where, you know, it's not easy to do that. So a lot of times you have to stand up to people who are more in a, but more of a power position than you are. And that's hard too. So it is hard. Yeah. So, and then there's another subgroup of people that don't really recognize when a moment is ripe for loyalty and they don't know how to be loyal. And that's another group that, you know, that group might be the most least likely to succeed in this area,
0: at least, yeah. Because you can learn, you can learn how to do this. There's obviously a a skill, a communication appointment uh, uh, perspective, right? There's that element you need to be able to communicate very well. Uh, but also, you can learn. Oh, maybe just as you did, I should be more uh, protective at these moments. So another, another thought that came to my mind was, as you were saying, there's Mama Bear, Papa Bear type people. There is, I'm gonna say too loyal or too fiercely loyal in the sense that your team can do no wrong and i think that's equally as bad and we won't we we won't dwell on that i don't think we need to dwell on that too much i think because it's a whole other topic altogether. But I do think that there's people who are so protective for the same reasons that they're not protective, like their fear of failure. Oh, you know, we did not we did nothing wrong because we can do no wrong versus accepting some of the heat, but protecting your team. They're two very different things.
1: 100% agree with that. And sometimes some of the most difficult managers to work with are those that, or difficult leaders to work with are those that aren't able to find that balance and be able to uh, say, "Hey, we were in the wrong here, but, and or my person was in the wrong here, but like this is what we're doing to fix it." And like they just it's just outright denial of any culpability, and and that's a huge problem. But speaking on the topic of culpability, I think it, as a leader, right, we we need to be fiercely loyal to our team, right? But then there is a a naysayer or somebody who says, you know what, I I don't agree with that. Because if, if you are always just standing up for your team, sticking up for them, then they're not going to learn. They're not going to be accountable. They're not going to be accountable for their actions. So how does accountability fit into this? Because I think we both definitely agree that accountability is extremely important, right? And in, in, in how a team functions. But if a leader is constantly defending, standing up for being fiercely loyal to their team, where does accountability
0: fit into that? It's a great point. So here's how, here's how I think I see it. Thinking about just that question, the more, if you show up for your team members, it builds their confidence, builds their trust. And in theory, should make them feel more comfortable in holding themselves accountable to um to a decision they've made meaning let's just say they've made a mistake as opposed rather than maybe like hiding it or um trying to shift blame themselves they just own up to it and it never becomes an issue in the first place right and saying to two people like okay the person that they've made the mistake to or with hey i made a mistake and then telling your manager hey heads up I made a mistake and here's what I did. Um, because I tell my team I will support you no matter what you do. As long as a if you make a mistake you come and tell me first so I know about it and we figure out a way to solve it together.
1: Yeah, and that's such a uh important point too, right? Like moving on from like acknowledging what happened and then quickly moving into a solution and doing it together. And I think the biggest Part of that, and part of being a a fiercely loyal leader, is trusting that your team inherently cares about the problem that that has been created. That should never come into question, right? So if your if your uh, uh, team makes a mistake, you know that you're going to have to take the heat on it. Don't waste time trying to figure out if they feel bad about it. You know, they feel bad about it. if you've built a, a, that type of relationship with your team and you have the right people on your team and you know it, you got to move on from the fact that they, that you're not trying to convince them that they screwed up. They feel 100 times worse than you do. So you need to let them feel it. You need to talk to them about it. Come up with what was the core issue that caused this? What was the root cause here? Let's develop some corrective action, and let's move on to the solution stage. Because the longer you're dwelling in the emotions of a screw up, the less you're doing to fix it, and that that could cause significant delays and a ton of inefficiency.
0: Yeah, and you and I know uh, we've experienced that whole. I don't know how to describe it, but uh, you're dwelling on your own emotions. You're like, man, I made a mistake. I feel so terrible. What is my manager going to think? Or what do people think of me? That, that's a really bad place to be. And if you have a manager to help you say, hey, I hear you. Um, mistakes made. Let's fix it. You feel really, you feel comfortable to move on. Give yourself permission to move on.
1: And also just the respect you gain for that leader makes you work a hundred times harder. Yes. Right? Because yeah. you're like, they – were so uh understanding of of my emotional state they helped me come up with that next step solution i'm gonna try a hundred times harder to make sure that i never make that mistake again whereas if you're just like get blamed and yelled at then you're kind of just dejected your confidence is gone and you're more likely to make that mistake again
0: Thanks for tuning into the podcast. We hope you're enjoying the episode so far. If you want to stay updated on all the latest content and behind the scenes action, be sure to follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and several other places by using the link in the show notes. And if it's not too much trouble, we'd love for you to leave a review and share this episode with some of your friends. Your support means everything to us, and we can't wait to connect with you online. Now, let's get back to the show. I've asked people this. I've asked my 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 direct reports. I've asked other people. Where, in in what world is berating someone at work ever okay?
1: Like
0: <laughs> I I can't think of an example. Actually, yeah. if someone gives me an example, I'm gonna tell them they're wrong because there is no <laughs> place for it. At the end, the, there's no place for it. Right? No, no. Um, because if. If you think about it, one, another thing that, so like this parent-kid relationship almost, say you're, if you do something, your your kids see it, they're going to mimic that. Just like at work, I can't believe I'm, I'm comparing those two, but just like at work, if you show loyalty, commitment, you work hard, your team will be like, oh, I like that. And they're going to mirror it. And imagine if your entire team is just committed to always doing a good job and not by climbing on the backs of others, but by doing the right thing imagine what
1: you can accomplish. And I think one of the topics that we've harped on quite a bit is emotional or sorry, psychological safety. We talk about it all the time. And I think never is psychological safety more important in a team than when things are going bad, when mistakes are made, you know, you're having the, the feeling safe enough to come to your manager and say, Hey, I made this mistake. It's gonna impact the schedule. It's gonna impact the budget. It's gonna, uh, it's gonna have some really significant consequences. And being feeling empowered or feeling safe to come and tell them that is the leader's job to make sure they feel that they can come to in those moments. And you know, unfortunately, too often we see that leaders make, uh, especially those that rule by fear, you know, make their team. incapable of doing that or or at least at the very least or at the very least uh not feeling um safe to do that
0: right and this is stifles things like uh, innovation where they're not comfortable to take any risks because that that's how you innovate right you can sometimes push the envelope a little bit but if they know no matter what i do if i make a mistake i'm gonna get in trouble they're not going to do it and so now you just have this robotic team that just does what you're t- what they're told
1: yeah and uh there's this this old saying that uh one of my customers told me i love it it says you know everybody around here it's uh back against the wall, head on a swivel. You know, you're just sitting there like just watching out to make sure you don't get in trouble and more than actually taking steps forward and really trying to to create change or create innovation or, you know, do something outside the box analytically or creatively. So that's the leader's job as well. And, And if you're loyal to your team, it creates safety. That safety then turns into, like you mentioned, innovation. It gives them space to think outside the box. If not, then they're going to be back against the wall, head on a swivel all the time. You know,
0: I have this anecdote I'm going to share. I have no idea. I want you to tell me like if it's applicable, but, um, or where it might be applicable, but, uh, I had bought my first car and I needed to take it in for a repair, like a, a repair. And they said, Oh yeah, it'll be done today. And, I can't remember the specifics, but I needed it that night or needed it the next day. And they called me and said, sorry, it's not going to be be ready. And I was like really upset. Um, you know, I was like, I'm a customer. I'm right. You know, <laughs> this is unacceptable. And I can't believe you did this. And I just like was doing the, these types of things, like blaming, blaming, blaming. And the guy on the other phone, super polite, super nice. And he said, hey, I'm sorry. What would you like me to do about this? How can I help you solve this problem? And I hadn't thought about it. And this is, I think, like negotiation 101, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. All this stuff. I was like, well, the least you could do is throw in a, a free oil change. And he's like, agreed. I can do that for you. And your car will be ready first thing tomorrow morning. And I thought to myself, I'm like, I oh, was so irate, so mad. And he wanted to find a solution to it. And I was thinking to myself, how I actually used that anecdote is when – if I've made a mistake or my team has made a mistake, I just, you know, I I'll put it all in one bucket, which is we're trying to find a solution. And I say, if there is a solution, obviously you come to it, but if there's no, like I can't come up or give them an immediate solution, I don't want to say that make them feel better immediately. I'm going to ask the question, Hey, this happened. What would you like to do about it? How can we make this better? And if that's if they give me an unreasonable answer, then I know what my response is. But for the most part, they'll be like, okay, yeah, that's fine. Let's just get it done as soon as we can. H- how easy is that? No skin off my back. Yeah. You know what? I've got a, uh, it's a mea culpa, but what is wrong with that? What's wrong with that? The price of an oil change, 50 bucks, big deal.
1: Yeah. That's no, it's, it's so true. and And I think also, being you know empathy always comes into play in all of these conversations and when you know, when you and i are chatting empathy being such an important emotional intelligence skill when mistakes are made or when the team needs their leader you have to be able to empathize and put yourselves in their shoes right like and and understand the, the circumstances that led to a situation where you know the team is under duress or or feeling at risk of getting in trouble or something like that there 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 are circumstances that need to be acknowledged it it can't simply be black and white it can't be you need to be perfect all the time or i'm throwing you in the trash can because you're useless to me and that's you know there's a inherent risk in any business that you're running any type of organization that you're in uh, there is risk of error right there is yes. there is a risk of there's a margin of error that needs to be uh a, acknowledged assumed yeah assumed, yeah, assumed yeah, exactly yeah. assumed and acknowledged. And, and and so when you're dealing with with a uh, with the situation that needs to you know the uh, it needs to be part of the analysis, right? It needs to be part of the solutioning, like under, like empathizing about the conditions that led to this particular problem, because that's the only way you're going to come up with a long-term solution.
0: You know, it's funny that like that long-term solution or the long game should always be taken into account. And I, I feel like people don't do that, but they're always worried about themselves and I get it. There's bonuses on the line. There's pride, there's ego on the line, all of this stuff, right? Uh, the promotion. Um, but, I know for a fact that, again, I'll use the the analogy of like the soft, easy uh, golf swing, pro, you know, produces the best shot. But whenever things have gone not in my favor, meaning someone has a team member, not a team member, a team or someone has done something to me that you could consider like a mistake, I'm super empathetic about it. And it's like, okay, I hear you. Generally, my response is well, that's not ideal, but it is there it's a fact so what can we do about it i jump immediately into hey collaboratively what can we do to make this easier or like you know a softer landing and i've found feedback that i've gotten is that people have said you're so so easy to work with you're so um considerate considerate which really if you think about it, i could have been an a-hole and totally you know held their feet to the fire but i didn't know i was like let's solve this and the the respect that grows the, I mean, if someone asked them, hey, does this person uh, deserve a promotion? Um, person who's like, you know, collaborative or the person who saw d- achieve stuff but held everyone's feet to the fire. You're going to go with the person who's collaborative.
1: Yeah, yeah. I had a personal experience with you. Recently, when you know, I kind of like we do a lot of things. Uh, you and I for the podcast. You yes, know, yeah. We're a we're a two man team. There's no there's no we don't have a staff are, here. You know, we're boot, we're bootstrapping
0: this baby. Yeah, we're
1: bootstrapping exactly, it. Yeah, exactly. So you know, I kind of had um some stuff going on that prevented me from 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 doing my commitments for a particular week, and and I called you and I said, look, man, I feel so terrible. Like I haven't really been pulling my weight, and um and and I was apologetic and I said, look, like I might have to pull back for like a little bit here. I have like a couple of things going on and you immediately, you know, went. you put your empathy hat on and, and you, you were so understanding about, you know, uh, my situation and what I was going through and my respect for you went up tenfold because of that conversation you know so Thanks, I think yeah so I think like you know you're you're definitely practicing what you're preaching on this podcast right now because even though I don't technically work for you sometimes I feel like I do no, I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> but um it goes but, two ways <laughs> I like that I like yeah, yeah. that. we make a good yeah. team when you're like when I want Samir when I need a decision made I'm like Samir just tell me what to do and you're like do X. I'm like okay fine I'm gonna go do that <laughs> yeah, I hear you yeah. I hear you yeah. man I hear you
1: yeah but like we don't want to let each other down you know but like no. the one thing it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier in this in this episode is both of us have a uh, deep understanding or a deep belief that each other cares about the success of this podcast as much as our as much as as ourselves. ourselves. Yes, Yes. so exactly. So. Uh, we know that each other uh, that each of us cares a lot about the success of this podcast so when one of us hits a rough patch or we do something wrong the one thing that never comes into question is whether we care and so that makes it easy to move into the solution stage because you're like all right samir did this he he failed to do this i know he wanted to but he really couldn't get to it you just skipped over that whole part of the analysis of like of like trying to play like like the game of like, does he care? Does he not take me serious? Do I need to lay the hammer on this guy so that he starts working harder? You know, like that was never part of it. It was this guy's trying his best. He made a mistake. Let's move on and let's think of a better way of doing it. And that's exactly what we did. And it was like a 15 minute conversation that I left being like, man, this man awesome, dude. Like, he's <laughs> such a good guy, you know, like, but
0: it could have went a completely different direction that conversation. Sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I do remember the conversation. At first, I didn't know which example, but you, um, I remember that conversation. And I can honestly tell you that I knew you were stressed. And so I, there was never any ill will or anything. There was never any concern. For me, it was like, hmm, how are we going to, like, what do we need to do to solve this? And we brainstormed. We were like, We also said, remember, because I've made my fair share of mistakes too, and I've told yeah, you, yeah. like I've texted you, I'm like, dude, I'm so sorry, I I uh, went, and it was it was intentional. Meaning, I couldn't post. I didn't want to post something on on social media because I just had a a mental block. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, just, I had nothing. Man, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, I hear you, dude. Me too. We have it. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, we're we're kind of in it together, right? But, um, we said to each other, well, why don't we commit? some things like for instance if we say we're going to do something let's really try and do it and if we can't give the other person a heads up because i mean it's almost like being surprised by it and this is more, more my opinion my personal opinion like being surprised by it is worse than if someone told me straight to my face hey uh, I, I just can't do this
1: no you made a great point because it's it's about the part of the solution of this issue was it could have easily been like, no, man, you're good. Take it easy. Get, get like, you know, feel better. We'll talk later, but but no, it was all right. I get you're going through some stuff, but this also needs to get done. So Mm -hmm. let's, let's pare down our schedule and commit to our commitments. Right. And, and that was a very, yeah. And that was a very important part of the conversation too. Just as much as like, I appreciated you, um, empathizing with my situation and I appreciated you being so understanding i also appreciated you being like hey man like i get it but we still gotta do what we said we're gonna do so let's if that if if you need to to pare back a little bit on on what you can do each week for the podcast fine but if you say you're gonna do it you got to do it you know right. and, and i yes. and that's that's yeah i mean you know that's that's part of the game too you got it you got to be able to hold people accountable in that respect as well mm-hmm. So, Ismail, I know this is a topic that you and I are both really passionate about, uh, you know, being fiercely loyal to your team and the benefits that are gained from it. And we talked about a lot of them, right? We talked about gaining trust, we talked about respect, we talked about creating an environment for innovation and people feeling safe and psychologically safe. I think that it is an underrated quality in a leader. It's a it's a difficult thing to do all the time you need to be intentional with it pressure adds a whole nother set of variables to this conversation because as leaders we're all under pressure constantly so acting perfectly in those situations it is not always easy but if you can control your emotions you can be self-aware you can manage emotions you can manage self-manage Manage your relationships uh, within your team, and really follow those EQ principles in these really really trying times that you face. The return on that is going to be tenfold, and it's going to be for life because you're going to have that loyalty will be 100% returned right back at you, and it'll pay off for you a million
0: times over. And, and I think it's clear. Like, just one final thing is what what we're saying is not to be. Passive, meaning you're not going to let everything just slide, like we talked about the example, right? But you are going to be collaborative and humanistic about how you handle the situation, and this is what the long game and my plays towards a long game. I look forward to the series continuing. We have several other topics that we're going to cover, and um, I think it was a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm.
1: Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Emotional Intelligence Podcast. We hope you found it informative and enjoyable. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. And if you have a moment, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave a review on your favorite platform. Your feedback helps us improve and reach more people. If you're interested in learning more about the topics we discussed today, be sure to check out the show notes for links and resources. You can find them by visiting our website. And if you have any questions or feedback, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us by email at info at emotionalintelligence.com or connect with us on social media by using the links in the show notes.